a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Today's match is in the books, and we're breaking it down. This is your RSL post-match show on the RSL Radio Network. Welcome into the RSL post-match show here at America First Field. Real Salt Lake winning 3-0 over the Seattle Sounders. I'm Jay Catch, joined once again by Lauren Beck as well as Spencer Warren. And uh, we talked at halftime, guys, about RSL just needing to get that first goal. We didn't have to wait very long in the second half, and all of a sudden it felt like the, the just the floodgates really opened up. Yeah, Uh I think RSL came out a little bit irritated. Yes, um, yes. Maybe with the referee, with the way the game was going. I'm not sure, but Chicho was fired up at the beginning of that half. His uh, his goal, my goodness. I, lo- <laughs> I love that. I love that one-on-one, that, that turn and burn from Chicho. is a very nice goal. Um, Sava, obviously, with a nice, good, good timing, good positioning from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Yeah, it, it just even even a man down, the red card for Marcelo Silva, which was a red card. <laughs> By the way, it very much was a red card. Um, even being a man down, it didn't ever feel in danger from Real Salt Lake at two 0 up, and then of course the third goal, the dagger, a man down. Well, a, a great second half from RSL. And let me just add one thing. DJ mentioned it multiple times during the broadcast. Spend I'll get your thought on this. It felt like every time uh, Seattle would try and get on attack, they would have a cross come in, but there was nobody coming to the back post. There were no real runs from Seattle for whatever reason, even though they were up a man. Yeah, it, obviously uh, RSL started to close down the passing lanes. I thought defensively they were stout. And, yeah, it, it was just they just never got going. And, and it's a real surprise. I thought it would be a tight game, and, and RSL dominated um, obviously, they gave up possession when they went a man down. But honestly, the, 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 the way they were, the, they were set up um, was, was absolutely excellent. And I think the fullbacks, particularly Amika and Nelly, was really on it tonight. I thought everything was super crisp. Yeah. Uh, and they did everything with a purpose. There was no, no one that didn't know their job, unlike Seattle, who just felt like, I don't know if they were just off it or, or maybe just on the back foot uh, a little bit of RSL's dominance and they just couldn't get going because RSL were just mauling them, you know, all over them in the midfield. So, yeah, very, very satisfying night. And, they, and the fact they did it and they didn't crumble when they went down to 10 men, they just 
looked really, really solid, and that's very, very impressive. Well, I, I honestly forgot that we were down a man for a minute there because well, of the way the game continued. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah very, very good uh, second half from RSL despite the red card. Got to be happy with that performance. Well, and that's the thing about that. I, I, I don't think you're alone in uh, points thinking, oh, they're not, they're down a man because they, they played toe to toe even down a man. And I, I got to say, Rubio Rubin's goal it was a phenomenal uh, individual effort from him to create space and get that turn and to fire it to the far post for that goal. But he, credit to his teammates for getting him even in that position. Yeah, and but you look at the, the way RSL the substitutions. Yes, you've got to tip the cap to to the coach. Obviously, having those options is phenomenal. But all three of them that came on um, uh, to to replace the front three, so to speak, when we went down to ten men, just worked their socks off. And, and obviously, Anderson Julio um, was the one that kind of provided the goal for for Rubio Rubin. But with his pace, he was able to get into the channels. Um, I thought Bodhi Hidalgo was just really, really on it and, and gave Nuhu an absolute nightmare, um, you know, when he came on. And, and I, I just so impressed. And th- that's the thing that, that uh, Pablo talks about all the time. Everybody's on board. Everybody's bought in. They know they've got to fight for minutes, but they know their jobs. And that's the most important thing. We're talking about 15 games ago, Jake uh, and Lauren, and we didn't know what the identity of this team was. Uh, and the fact that they've just gone from strength to strength you know, it's it's down to the coaching staff and the players taking everything on board, and it's 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 really enjoyable to watch. Yeah, that's the thing about it is, and you could see the best part about it is, it felt like RSL as a team moving in concert with one another, interplay. And I, I look at that. Okay, they're showing the highlights here on the big screen here in America First Field, and I can see it. And they just showed the goal. Sava's the opener for Sava. And you look at Chicho, and it looked like he had a chance to score himself. It gets blocked. But to Savarino's credit, he followed that with a run and got got lucky enough that that ball fell at his feet. And he obviously finishes it. And then Chicho Arango, fantastic individual effort on his goal just to hold off a 6-6 center back and then finish it past Stephen Fry. You're right, Smeno. I, I think we are seeing this club. They've, they've as Lauren also mentioned, they are bought in. They believe in what's going on right now, and they're, it, it's yielding results in, in bunches. Yeah, I think it, it, you know it, it's a testament to having the right kind of characters in the squad, having the right people coming in, because mm-hmm. uh, you don't always know, obviously, until they get here. But the, the front office has done such a thorough job. They know, we know that we've been after Chicho for a good six months before mm-hmm. it actually happened. They know what kind of character he is, what, why they wanted to bring him in. The same with Nelson Palacio and Brian Vera. Um, obviously, Andres Gomez and, and obviously Amika and Nelly just coming out of college is just, you know, hit the ground running. It's unbelievable. But the, the one thing that I was most impressed with, uh, Jake and Lauren, was that first goal, the, the speed of the counterattack. Yeah. It was a defensive situation, and then all of a sudden they were gone, and they went forward with numbers and with purpose, and that's the most exciting thing that, you know, the, for me tonight, obviously the Chicho goal was unbelievable, but the the play of the game is definitely the opening goal, the way that everybody broke forward. One of my favorite terms in soccer, marauding, and that's exactly yes. what they did on that goal. Like It's just one of those things. All right, we will continue to break this down. We will carry the press conferences live with RSL players as well as RSL head coach Pablo Mastroeni as soon as they go live as well. More in a moment. This is the RSL post-match show. By the way, please weigh in with your thoughts on social media. Lars underscore MM is Lauren's Twitter feed. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. You can send it to KSL Sports Zone or KSL Sports. We will see it at all four of those locations with nothing more than to have your guys' interaction. More in a moment. This is the RSL Postmatch Show on the RSL Radio Network. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. 
Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the RSL post-match show. Brian Schmetzer, uh, Seattle Sounders head coach, is sitting down with the media. We'll take that to the press conference right now in progress. Uh, how much do you put in to the fact that the Raul, they had the cha- or the hard challenge, um, like in the 48th minute early in the, in the second half, um, obviously they were, you know, trying to contest that from what the broadcast showed uh, and, you know, and, RSL goes down and scores. So, you know, I mean, you were able to still be level, but how much did that kind of uh, play a factor, your your team getting distracted by um, not getting calls that they wanted? Well, Jada, Jada, yes. This first minute and a half of the second half, we were going, we were playing, Raul had a chance. Uh, the people on the field wearing yellow jerseys were not the reason why we lost. And they were not the reason why RSL scored that goal. We have to make plays on our end of the field, and it didn't happen. So whatever, was it a foul on Raul or not? Certainly, you know, there are rules that, that, that you know, athletes have to follow. But the referee in that moment decided not to call a foul. I'm sure they checked it on VAR. They decided not to do anything. So the goal stood. And then the team didn't recover from that and allowed RSL to score the second goal, which was really the, the goal that, that put the game away. Next question, Owen Murray. Hey, I just wanted to ask, you guys have had success against teams that have gone down a man in the past. What do you usually do in that situation, and then what didn't work today? Well, we didn't have anybody running in behind. Uh, you know, Dylan Tevez and Alex on the right-hand side, haven't had a ton of minutes together, but at least Dylan was active. Left-hand side wasn't very effective. Uh, I just didn't think we were able to, you know, create anything. Raul was coming into the pockets. I needed him to stay closer to the goal. Uh, there were there were some, you know, just some bad passes again, some some sloppy passes. So, you know, sometimes when a team that's playing well and full of confidence like RSL, uh, you know, they they were able to withstand the pressure and we were not able to score one goal to make it close at 2-1. Before we continue with Zoom, we're going to do an in-person question. Go ahead. David James, 97.5 The Zone, KUTV. You've prepared for RSL three times now. How is it different preparing for them with Chicho Arango? Not just obviously his talent, his ability to score goals, but what he does defensively and, and how he opens the game up for other players. Well, he did, he, he did do some defending, but that's not, look, that's not what he's known for. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you saw his quality on the second goal, a tremendous goal, good individual effort. Uh, and that's what you guys paid money for. Uh, a guy that scored goal in our league. He scored goals for LAFC and he's, you know, rounding into form for RSL. We continue with some questions. Uh, John Lupo. Uh, Brian, after you guys went up a man, did you change your offensive strategy? And if you didn't, what, what wasn't working that you weren't able to take advantage of? We tried to bring two forwards on. We only had one sub left, you know, because Yaimar was, was, you know, Christian and Yaimar were subs that I hadn't planned on making. 
but we tried to bring a bear on. It's tricky sometimes when there's 25 minutes to go and you only have one sub left. What if some another player gets injured? You're playing 10 men again. Uh, but we felt we needed to get a bear onto the field. Uh, the tactics were trying to get two forwards uh, in front of the goal and give them some service, uh, which we weren't able to do. Oh, and Maureen, uh, you can ask a question again. I just wanted to, how do you go about preparing for a Monterey game, which is now a game that you need to win if you want to progress after this performance? Well, we'll get back up on the horse. Look, we're a proud franchise. That locker room certainly is quiet, but I know there's competitive guys in there. There's guys that understand that we didn't play up to our standard, and you'll see a different team on Sunday. We have a question for Jada Evans. Jada, you have a question? Yes, thank you. Uh, just wanted a, an update on Nico. I uh, heard on the broadcast he has a, or I saw that he has an adductor injury. It's supposed to be precautionary. Can you give any more info, info on that? Yeah, we could have used him tonight, but, you know, he's got an adductor strain that prevented him from coming and playing tonight. Uh, Nico Moreno again. Uh, Coach, you know, after a result like this one, I mean, that that's a proud team, it's a proud locker room, but it, is there something that is kind of like a wake-up call, like maybe there's got to be immediate changes, like is that something that you get back to work tomorrow? I mean, how do, how do you go about that specifically? We as a staff will certainly uh, assess our performance. So the thing, the, 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 Starting lineup, all of that sort of stuff starts with me. Did I put out the right starting lineup for tonight? Did we have the right tactics? Uh, we knew RSL was in a good run of form. Uh, should we have changed the tactics? We'll watch the tape, Nico, and, and really digest that first 45 minutes. The thing is, is that even though we didn't play up to our standard, it was still 0-0 at halftime. And so at halftime, when we had to make the sub for Christian and I brought fresh legs on, I was hoping that that would kind of energize the team. So we'll look at, you know, how we're going to play against Monterey. We'll look at who's going to play against Monterey. We'll have to do some damage control with, with some guys. And we'll put a good team out there. And we'll try and make sure that they are prepared, that they have the right tools to be successful. Are we are going to do a last question with Felipe Maqueda. Gracias. Uh, Coach Brian, eh, Seattle no jugó a, lo, a, a su estándar, como usted lo acaba de decir, pero hay un jugador que tenemos que resaltar, fue la actuación de Stephen Fry. ¿Me pudiera hablar un poco al respecto? Well, the question is, uh, obviously, Seattle didn't have a good performance tonight, uh, but the one that stood out was the goalkeeper, Stephen Fry. If you can talk a little bit about his performance. Yeah, he had a couple of good saves there. I do know that uh, I think tonight was his 390, 339th appearance for the team in the MLS era of our club, which ties Osvaldo Alonso for most appearances uh, in the club. So that was a that was a milestone. Last question. We thank you, Coach. Thank you for your time. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Shortly, we will continue with Real Salt Lake head coach, Pablo Mastroeni.
There you go, Brian Schmetzer, uh, Seattle Sounders head coach. And I had some pointed criticisms of his team, but I also promised his team would bounce back. They obviously have a, have like a week off. They will play Monterey next Sunday up there at Lumen Field. Very funny. Uh, sorry, I love when a coach calls his players out in a post-game press conference, and we haven't really seen that under Pablo. Pablo's very civilized and takes a lot on his shoulders, I think. You are um, correct. So it's, it's been a hot minute since we've listened to a press conference like that. Well, a lot of coaches <laughs> a lot of coaches address their players via the media because they know that they're going to hear it, and yeah. it's, it's their way to, to go through the media to address it. Spend on your takeaway real quick. Yeah, I, I love listening to Brian Schmetzer. I think he's, he's an awesome coach and, and, you know, was the original uh, Sounders coach before uh, Siggy Schmidt came in mm-hmm. when they came to Major League Soccer. I, I, I love him. I, I think he's honest, doesn't play the, the politician game, doesn't give – too much away but is also very honest on the flip side of everything um you know you can tell he's annoyed uh, uh by the performance particularly uh when rsl went down to, to 10 men and, and they brought on the extra forward to, to try and get you know push push rsl on the back foot and there was just was no service really uh, again i think that was a lot down to to rsl how they adapted being down to 10 men uh but yeah it it, it did feel like seattle never really got going not this seattle that we been used to seeing uh particularly this season well and he also so before we, we he started his press conference while we were in break but apparently before that he apologized to the uh, seattle fans he said it was below our standard as a franchise and to your point Spino, this is guys who's been with the seattle sounders for a very long time he knows what this franchise is all about and he, he wanted to make it very clear that, that 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 did not meet the expectations he had or what the franchise has I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a team, pretty much the same team that has won a Champions League, uh, won titles, um, and, that, yeah, they were off it tonight. I, I, I have to give credit to Real Salt Lake because I don't think they allowed Sa- uh, Seattle to get into the game um, so much. The phenomenal first 40, 45 minutes, and RSL definitely went into the locker room feeling a little bit hard done by that they won at least a couple of goals up, to be honest with you. That's how, um, you know, it was night and day. Uh, the way RSL and Seattle were playing. And then the second half, obviously, RSL exploded. And as Brian Schmetzer said, you know, the second goal basically put it away, put the game away um, just because uh, they didn't react. And, yeah, again, uh, I have to give credit to RSL tonight more than uh, more than Seattle being off of it just because RSL were the, were the aggressors and, and, and excellent for the for the 90-plus minutes. Well, and you, Lauren, you can address this. He also talked to uh, David James. You heard him ask the question about Chicho Ringo. He said, that's why that's why Arcel went out and bought him. He scores goals, and that's that's what he does. Yeah, he's he's been a fantastic addition to the team. I think he settled nicely. I think there were a couple moments in previous games where he looked a little too calm for my liking. I I want, but what we saw at the beginning of the second half is what I want from him more often. Obviously, that's a lot to expect constantly. Yeah. But the fire he came out with in that second half love that and and it's really his full capabilities and i just i'm proud of this team for doing some good scouting and getting the deal done uh, i've started hearing some booms in the background uh, fireworks have just begun here at america first field the fireworks game a lot of fans out on the pitch as they say to watch uh, the fireworks show but uh, we'll continue to break things down uh, we are awaiting uh, pablo mascherini to address the media and they said he was coming up about momentarily but he has not arrived yet so uh, we will try and sneak in a break here we'll come back on the other side of pablo mascherini as well as rsl players right here on the rsl radio network Welcome back to the RSL post game show here on the RSL Radio Network. Perfect timing as RSL head coach Pablo Mascherini is sitting down with the media right now. Hey all. 
Welcome, Coach. Uh, thank you for being here with us. We have Head Coach, uh, Real Salde Head Coach, Pablo Mastroeni, to answer questions. We're going to start, first of all, with a statement about your thoughts on the match. No, I think it was uh, one of our more complete performances this year. Um, I, I thought uh, uh, one of our greatest attributes was the reaction we had when the ball turned over and we were able to really settle into the game and kind of dictate the game with the ball, which is really important. I think the guys uh, up front did a fantastic job of of creating some really good opportunities. Um, and, uh, you know, I think overall, and then and then obviously then dealing with the red card, um, that showed a lot of character uh, in the group and the way they uh, navigated some tough moments. Um, but again, I think it was uh, one of our more complete performances against one of the best teams in this league. And, and it speaks volumes to the, uh, the character and the quality that we have in the locker room. I'm gonna open the floor for questions before we go to Zoom. Any questions on the floor? Oh, okay. oh, Pablo, what was the mood like at halftime? Because you'd had more of the ball, you had the better chances, but you didn't have a goal. You've been down that road with Seattle before. Were people encouraged because of the way it had gone or discouraged because you hadn't finished? No, I think uh, definitely encouraged. Um, again, I think we did a lot of what we wanted to do with the ball, and it was the final pass or, or the shot that kind of let us down. And, and, you know, at home, knowing that in the 60th minute, the game's going to open up. And, uh, you know, I think the second goal is, is case in point where it's going to open up. Chicho got on the back shoulder. Pablo played a beautiful ball. And then, you know, Chicho's quality finished it, you know. And I think uh, the first goal as well, um, we found a, a lot of space between the lines. Um, and, and, again, it goes back to what I've been saying all years. A, a good defending team um, translates into a good attacking team. And, and when you have – you know, 10 guys ahead of the, you know, behind the ball working hard for each other. You're going to find yourself in good situations to break and break into space. And so um, the mood was good. We, we made a couple adjustments um, with, with how they're looking to find Ruiz and making sure that one of our center backs were dealing with that. That was, but other than that, um, I, I think our, our spacing in the attack, our, our general play in the attack was, was really, really good. Um, and so, you know, I think, yeah, I thought it was a really good performance. Anderson Julio usually goes directly to goal to see him hold up and, and look for Rubio Rubina. Is that something you've talked to him about, worked with him on in a moment? He just turned over a new leaf? What no, happened? No, I, I think it's been, you know, again, it's been a part of the process and, and, and uh, his understanding as well has, has improved tremendously. Um, you know, he's in a great run of form. And uh, a play similar to that happened in training um, last week, I believe. And uh, a couple of his teammates said, listen, I was, I was wide open in the box and you're taking a shot from a bad angle. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think he's, a, he's, he's, he's making good decisions. And especially when you're down a man, um, I, it, was, it was a top-notch play from Anderson and obviously a fantastic finish from Rubio. The last 20 or 30 minutes of the first half, is that as well as the team has pressed and repressed in a long time? Yeah, I think so. I, I think we kind of got away from that a little bit. Um, and that's what I said to the guys after the game, is our, is our reactions in the repress um, or our reactions to get in a shape quickly was, was as good as it's been. And again, against a team like Seattle that likes to play between the lines, like to you know, bring their wingers in, similar to what we do. Um, it, they're a tough team to play. And the only way you can unsettle a team like that is by physically being, being better um, and then mentally being sharp. And, and I think that type of work led to the second half you don't always see it when you're doing it in real time it's it's like wearing uh a boxer wearing another guy down with jabs it's not you're not going to knock him out now but you're putting yourself in a good position 
to be able to do so later. Um, in the first half, there's a little bit of frustration with officiating. Maybe there's that scrum kind of at the end between players a little bit. And I feel like that can kind of be a, you know, a, a crossroads at times between, you know, either, you know, going a, a positive direction or a negative direction as a team, right? What was it in those first six minutes of the second half where that you saw like that the team was able to react maybe some of that frustration and get those two goals as quickly as they did? Yeah. Well, I think it was more, you know, the guys, the, the, the guys wanted to get after it. You know, I think it's just more, you know, when, when opportunity meets preparedness, you, you have good luck. And, and, and so I think the guys were prepared. They came out and that's why I said the first 10 minutes of the second half is going to be critical, right? We want the same reactions. We want the same bite um, and the game's going to open up. And so I think the guys just came out and did a fantastic job to really worked their way into the game and, and, and some fantastic goals tonight. And then this was the first uh, we've seen of Rubio uh, for about a month or so. Um, what have you seen from him this, this week in training? He's been back from uh, the Guatemala National Team. Yeah, he's been sharp. You know, when you come back from uh, international duty, um, it, there's uh, I used to experience it myself. There's like a week-long force field you have um, where the game at the international level is always going to be faster. Decisions have to be made quicker. Um, but there's an air of... Uh, of confidence that follows you back and uh he's been sharp in training and uh you know i think you know with so many players uh, you know that we have up front is just finding a, a a good position for him he's played on the left for us in the past and uh you know i think you know it's 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 almost having like three forwards on the field you know and and so the mindset is we we want attacking players out there um, but again, he did a really good job of of, of defending in, in a tough situation as well. And again, so it's really about the guys working hard for each other. Um, and this is something that I've talked about since the beginning of the year. Um, and it just feels like there's no quit in the team. And I think for me that the, the mindset is the most important and all the performance, you know, is, 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 is an afterthought. But the, when the mindset's right, we have the quality in this team to, to be a very good team in this league. Next question. Hey, Pablo, thank you for your time. Um, I, I want to go back kind of to the red card situation. Obviously not ideal for, for any coach to have to deal with that situation. Um, in, in the past, and maybe a tendency at times when a, a defender gets a red card is kind of to load up your team more defensively, especially when you have a lead. Um, I noticed that you brought in Rubio Rubin and Anderson Julio. Um, can you kind of take us through that decision-making process and what the instruction was that you gave to, to Anderson Julio and Rubin? Well, again, I think in those situations, you're obviously down a man. And so making sure that he's doing a good job of dealing with the two center backs. Um, and then it, once they progress the ball uh, into our you know, defensive third, is, is, his job was basically dealing with the six and one of their pivots and then making sure one of our pivots is always stepping out. And I think tonight we did a really good job of, of neutralizing Jao Paulo and Albert um, and Obed as well. Um, the pivots did a fantastic job. I mean, um, Ojeda continues to impress um, and, and really lead the grit um, and in the engine room. You know, him and Pablo have been fantastic and have been really catalyst to, to what we've been able to achieve to this point. Um, and then Rubio's role was, uh, was again, I, I, I think when you're down a man, you're going to have a lot of spaces open. And for, for me, it was just be really clear with Oviedo. Um, who's defending the half space and who's going out to the wide guy. And, and there's a couple of times where they're defending in the same line, which is always death uh, for a team. And so making sure we're occupying different, different channels was really important for Rubio. Um, and I think Bodie, and the same thing with Bodie is, is and, and again, Bodie started his career as a winger has, has now been a fantastic right back. 
And so those the, those type of actions for for Bodie are, are second nature. And so and again, they're both attacking players. And 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 sometimes you can do you can bring in defenders. What that lends itself to from a co- from a player's perspective is when the coach goes, all right, let's bring in two center backs. The mentality is we're going to just drop in, and that's not what I want. You know, we want guys on the field that when we get the ball, we can create an opportunity like we did in the second half. And Rubio's goal really nailed it. Um, and then I kind of want to shift to talk about the defensive job um, by the guys today. Um, there's a lot of combinations with a bunch of different guys, personnel coming in, obviously, with the red card as well. Just can you talk about how pleased you are getting another clean sheet against a really good quality Seattle side and how good some of the guys played like Emeka and Ellie and Brian Oviedo? Oh, they were all great. They were all great. And again, in this phase, in, 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 the, in the form that we're currently in, all I talk about is defending. And, and obviously, because it is so important to win anything with good defending, if you go behind it with a team like Seattle, you're chasing it, you know. And so, um, I mean, the buy-in from, you know, Chicho and Danny and Sava and Luna, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And what that lends itself to is having more of the ball. And then when you have quality, the, the, the attacking will take care of itself. Um, and, and I thought the uh, center backs did a great job of providing – really good angles and making them work defensively. I thought switching the point of attack was, was spot on today. Uh, Again, for me, it was our most complete performance of the year. Before we go to some Brennan from random fan podcast, Um, you, they sub three at half. Did that change anything tactically or did you just have the confidence from the get go? No, um, we don't change. We do what we do. And, and I've said this in the past, I, I think good teams change. I, I think if you want to be great, you know what you're trying to achieve in all phases of the game so well that you force the other team to change. You know, I, I think that's just, that's just my mindset. Um, and what it's lend itself to is a group of guys that doesn't matter who starts this game, who starts the next game. It's so clear as to this, the, our, our game model style of play, you name it, guy comes in, there's not a doubt when the ball's on that side of the field, what I'm meant to be doing. And that only comes from constant reinforcement, constant reinforcement. And so it's been seven months that we've been, that we've been working this. And so when, when they bring in three subs, then we're, we got to keep doing what we're doing. And when they bring in two more, we got to keep doing what we're doing because it's working. Right. And so that's, that's the mindset that, that I, that I coach from. And that's the mindset that the players have is that everyone can step in and do a great job. And that, I think that's been really the secret of our success this year. And one other thing, um, it was a sh- little bit of a shock to see Vera up that far up the field on one of those plays. Is that something coached or is that kind of a, you, you know, again, I, I think um, a, another big philosophical, philosophical coaching um, tenet of mine is to allow the players to be who they are. Right. I'm not going to I never tell center backs to go on these long forays. I would never do that. However, that's a part of Vera's game and he does it on Saturday. And I know he'll do it on Saturday because he does it on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then 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 then. okay, so he likes to do that. So then how do we we just have to make sure one of our midfielders holds in, in a good position. So instead of taking away what Chicho does, what Vera does, what what any of the guys do, it's really how do we work around the, their strengths, not take away. What, because again, I think this game has to be played with joy. 
And if a coach is saying, no, don't do that, don't do that, then it's like, oh, what, what am I doing this for? And so I, that's the way he expresses himself. And this week in training, he went on like a 70-yard jaunt and, and buried it upper 90. So um, I'd be silly as a coach to say not to do that, having seen what I've seen this week. Felicidades. This is going to be in Spanish, okay? Thank you. Uh, Pablo, ya te preguntaron todo, así que te voy a hacer otra pregunta. El siguiente partido tiene una historia con el Real Soleil y su pasado. Eh, el sentimiento que, que hay en el público es grande. ¿Hay un sentimiento parecido contigo y con los jugadores? ¿Han hablado de eso? ¿Conocen del pasado y la historia del Real Soleil con el Monterrey? Sí, yo conozco la historia. Eh, era un partido donde... Eh, podían ganar el Champions contra Monterrey. Um, pero para mí siempre es otro partido para mejorar. No, no lo veo como un, un partido que... No, no, o sea, no podemos ganar la Copa ganando con este partido. Tenemos que ganar este partido y seguir para adelante. O sea, lo vamos a, vamos a mirar muchos videos el lunes sobre, sobre Monterrey. Sabemos que andan muy bien en la Liga MX y, que siempre, y tienen una un grande historia y son un equipo muy grande. Creo que están número uno en el CONCACAF, de, de, de todos los clubes en CONCACAF y sabemos que va a ser un, un desafío grande, pero tengo mucha confianza en nuestro grupo y espero que jugamos un buen partido y sacamos un buen resultado. To just pick up the ball and have that shot, his vision and his and the his showing off his speed to get by Regan and score that beautiful individual goal. I really thought that this was one of the more terrific individual performances we've seen from a player in a while. Yeah, no, I thought Chicho was fantastic tonight. Um, and, and and again, and we, I, I think we got to remember it's his fourth game with this team, and, and and so I think relationships are starting to to build. They understand the, you know, his tendencies. He likes to drop into the pocket, um, which he's fantastic at. He likes to make runs in behind. Um, so, again, Pablo in, in training, you see the connection between Pablo and Chicho playing in behind. Um, and so I think with more familiarity uh, with his teammates, I think he'll continue to be uh, you know, a killer in front of goal, a killer in our link up. Um, and, and now more than ever, we've, we're occupying the space right at the top of the 18. Um, which is something that we haven't been able to do in the past. And, and so he's, he's definitely attracting a lot of players his way. And then when you have guys like Luna and Sava and, and, and the rest of the crew, it's, it's really making us a, a better team. So I agree. I think he had a, a complete performance, and, and uh, I couldn't be more happy with his integration with our group. We're going to do one last question, uh, Jada Evans. Thank you. Um, just wanted to ask, obviously, Chicho changes your uh, – you changes your team completely. But at the same time, you guys have also played very well um, against the Sounders at home. Does that factor in at all or, it, you know, as far as the, the lead up or a game like this could be 
tricky in a sense that you've had such uh, strong success against them and then, you know, expect to have that again, basically. No, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about that leading up to this game. What we talk about is, is improving every day. And, and I think when you're in a decent run of form, I think uh, the biggest impediment to, 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 to growth is, I think, listening to, to all the outside noise and, and, and how good we are uh, playing at the moment. Um, and so for me, it was a really focused week of training. Um, the guys were dialed in. Um, and again, I think it's so cliche, but we want to win every game we play. And I think the only thing, the only way to do that is to bust your tail Monday through Friday, work hard together um, and make plays. And, and I think tonight we did all that. Thank you, coach. Thank, uh, you. thank you for all the media members that uh, attended, attended today's press conference. Uh, I remind you guys that there's a match on Wednesday. Uh, thank you for your courage and for your support. Okay. There you go. Pablo Mastroeni, after RSL, beats the Seattle Sounders 3-0. I mean, we were supposed to have players, but they just ended the Zoom call. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, did you want to join the Timbers San Jose press conference? No, we're good on that front, <laughs> I think. Uh, who won that one, by the way? Um, let's find out. Let me pull up the schedule. That's okay. We'll do that coming <laughs> back. Uh, but it, but when, real, real, real quick, uh, you heard him talk about that he thinks this is maybe one of the most complete uh, matches played this season. Spend on your, your reaction to that. Cause I, I, I have a hard time disagreeing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, we, we, we spoke about it in the previous segment. I know that Seattle didn't get going, but I think it was RSL. RSL's doing. They took control of the match, you know, immediately. And um, you can just see guys fighting for their place, fighting for the team, but mm-hmm. fighting for the place because they know I mean, you saw the, the, the subs that came on and did really, really well. There was plenty of guys that didn't come on. Yeah. There's also two that are out injured, you know, with, uh, with uh, Andrew Brody with a concussion and, and yes. uh, Michael Chang with the plantar fasciitis. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is absolutely ridiculous. And that was a 12-man bench as well. Um, when it goes back to a nine-man bench, you know, back when we come back into league play, as I said, there's going to be two or three guys every week that aren't going to be dressing that have had significant minutes this season. Correct. All right, we will uh, wrap things up. Coming up next, some final thoughts. And I'll take a quick look ahead to Monterey on Wednesday night. This is your RSL post-match show right here on the RSL Radio Network. Welcome back to the RSL post-match show. RSL beating Seattle 3-0 in their opening game of the League's Cup and uh, puts them on a pretty decent opportunity here, spent with the win alone, uh, to advance out of the group here because uh, it's a, it's a, it's a Three team group, yeah, and one win is essentially means you're you're probably either runner up or you. And if you beat yeah. Monterey on Wednesday, you win the win the group. Absolutely, yeah, and, and what a what a position to be in. You know, mm-hmm. it was so vital to win that first game, as it is in the regular World Cup. Yes. You, you get that kind of momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that the second game is is here as well is absolutely fantastic for for Real Salt Lake because they are. You know, as you said, start, they've turned their, their home form around the last Correct. couple of weeks, which has been really, really vital, um, uh, not only in MLS play, but to start League's Cup like this. And, yeah, Monterey coming into town, that is a, that's a big, big, big team with a ton of talented players and a deep squad. Uh, something that, that MLS, you know, maybe with all the uh, moves within to Miami happening and, yeah. and rule changes, maybe we'll start to see deeper squads. But right now, RSL phenomenal squad when you look at uh, the, the bench tonight as well. And Yeah, they're absolutely rolling right now. And you, you mentioned it right before we went to break. Like They're going to drop this back down to nine-man bench when they get back to MLS play, and there's going to be three guys who are probably thinking that I'm deserving of minutes who won't even make the bench. Yeah, crazy, crazy situation to be in. And, you know, if we can keep a hold of these guys, and, and I think they can, you know, I think the structure's right. The, the front office has done, 
you know, a really good job with the budget, and they've had to over the years. Now that they've got a little bit of, um, uh, f- I wouldn't say free reign, but they've they've got a bit of money to spend. They still have to figure out the salary cap, and you know, uh, I think they've done a really really good job, and it, it's super promising. But you're starting to see the likes of uh, Brian Ojeda, Paulo Ruiz, just kind of break away as that central midfield too. Obviously, you've got uh, Jasper Loffelson and, and the new guy, Nelson Palacios, who mm-hmm. we've seen you know, some flashes of brilliance from him, more of that sitting midfield. And then you, you throw Amika Anelli into that uh, uh, five, and you've got five guys fighting out for two spots. It's, you know, it's just going up to another level, which is we haven't seen for years, you know, since the Jason Christ days, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Um, and, and the fact that, uh, that we've got this, it's, it's a huge opportunity for ourselves that can keep riding this momentum. Yeah, obviously Monterey, uh, one of the Mexican Giants, they're, they're, they're one of the bigger clubs in Liga mm-hmm. MX. And obviously it would be interesting because, Lauren, we talked about this in the pregame. RSL will be the home, will be the road team in their home venue yeah. against Monterey, but that's just kind of the format of this tournament. Yeah, we will be sitting behind the Monterey bench, not uh-huh. the Real Salt Lake bench um, up here in the booth. It's, uh, it's fun. It's a fun little change-up. It's a little weird. Uh, probably taking a little bit, of, take a little bit of getting used to, but um, you know, it's a uh, thanks. We, we don't see it very often, but we, Thank, you know. thankfully, it's it's included in the season ticket holder yes. pack. So yeah, um, it should be full. Of obviously, just over ten thousand here tonight, 10, which was five hundred and change. Yeah, yeah, something. You know, it, it, it was tough. It was a tough sell, to be honest with you, when it's not included in the season ticket pack. So hopefully, yeah. it'll be a nice full stadium with plenty of Monterey fans. Hopefully, as well to create that really good vibe that we've had in Champions League. I was going to say, if there, if there are tickets that are free, Monterey fans will probably snap them. Up. I yeah. was just going to say, especially uh, they probably could have swapped it, made this game the included one, and they still would sell out probably on Wednesday because the Monterey, league MX teams yeah. always bring a crowd. Well, that's the thing about it. Oh, they, they, they actually talk about all the time that some, in some in some cases, uh, TV ratings in the United States for Liga MX are higher than they are domestically down mm-hmm. in Mexico. They've got they've got huge fan bases here stateside. All right, so that'll be Wednesday night, a seven thirty pre uh, not seven seven thirty first kick, six thirty pregame here on the RSL Radio Network. But before we go, guys, any final thoughts from either of you as we close things out? It's just nice to have some solid home performances, um, and you know that that first one against Orlando, that first win in a while here, felt like felt like a breaking point, mm-hmm. but. It also felt like it could have been a fluke, um, and now you've got three wins at home consecutively in all competitions, uh, and and very good performances in those as well. RSL going down a man uh, in the second half here and still scoring a goal, just a, a, a very good performance tonight. Really proud of this this team, and uh, you know it's nice to have some home games where I'm not leaving upset. <laughs> yeah, and, and in those last three games, Lauren, just one goal conceded. Yeah, which is phenomenal. Yep. And and uh, what is it? Seven goals scored. I yeah. mean, we've been th- no, no, no. That's a lie. That it's it's ten goals scored, yeah. uh, and we've been thoroughly entertained by the soccer that's that's on the on the field right now. And and, and tip of the cap to uh, Pablo Mastroeni for getting these guys all bought in and completely dialed in and fighting for the team, fighting for the badge. All right, Monterey and Real Salt Lake in the second match of the group stage of the League's Cups coming up on Wednesday. Until then, have a great rest of your night. This has been your RSL post-match show right here on the RSL Radio Network. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. 
I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.